Thank you for listening. Dave and Doreen, this is the Morning KLH along with Marcus. Time to talk to our Green and Gold Insider, three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, co-host of William Tausch on ESPN, Jason Wilde. Good morning, Jason. How are you doing today? I am outstanding. The reason I'm in such a great mood is you guys will never guess who I talked to last night. I'll give um, you one guess. Okay. It is someone that, Dave, you have in common with me in your history. Um, hmm. I covered him. And you talk to him regularly. Brett. Brett Favre. No. No? Mike, no, Mike Holmgren. Mike Holmgren. Other things. I know. Oh, yeah. Mike, huh. Mike Holmgren. He is awesome. I, he is just a good human. He's just a good guy. So why did uh, he call so you? Just checking in? Just seeing what's going so on? So I had texted him earlier in the week because he is the, he's the only coach that I know of. There's two other coaches that have faced uh, the Packers as a head coach of another team. But... He is the only other coach that has come into Lambeau Field as an opposing head coach. He did that in 1999, if you remember, with the Seahawks. Okay. Mike McCarthy was actually on the Packers' sideline for that game as the quarterback's coach under Ray Rhodes. But he's the only person in the world who knows what Mike McCarthy is going to go through on Sunday when he comes in as the coach of the Cowboys. So I thought, I'd love to get his memories of that and... Last night he called me back, and him and Kath are good, happy, and healthy in Seattle. But it was it was really cool. It was uh, it, and and I got to remind him of one of my favorite stories of my career. When before that game in '99, I went out to Seattle. The Packers played in San Diego, and I just went straight from San Diego to Seattle because they had Matt Hasselbeck. They had all these other guys that had been uh, maybe Hasselbeck wasn't there yet, but I I, I wanted to get a one on one with. Coach Mike, and, you know, I was just a kid the first couple of years that I covered. I covered him 96, 97, 98, mm-hmm. and the PR staff never got me to sit down with him. Oh. So I spent the whole week in Seattle, and I never got to talk to him. And so the last night that I'm there, I'm like, i got to do something drastic. So I, their parking lot for the coaches was right by the media room, and so I staked out his car nice <laughs> and i ambushed him when he came out to his car at the end of the night on that thursday night and we stood and talked for a half hour he was he was so great um i i don't even bring up the fact that you know he could have just made sure that it happened before he was leaving to get into his car so right, no. i'm excited to talk to him so tell me about that hmm. reception because honestly i don't remember I don't when either. when holmgren came back were the fans were fans at lambo happy to see him or yeah, did... it was it was it was definitely very uh polite and uh i don't know if it was like crazy raucous cheering but it was definitely a, a good strong okay. thank you cheer mm-hmm. um i mean you know you got to think back to what he accomplished as compared to how bad things had been in the 70s and 80s whereas i'll be curious and, and you know aaron said this earlier in the week I really hope that Mike McCarthy gets just as warm of a reception because even though they hadn't wandered in the wilderness for 29 years, uh, winning a Super Bowl is a pretty big deal. And so I would hope that he would get the same type of very positive uh, welcome back to Lambeau Field. So what is the mood like around Lambeau in the locker room? Are, are they just are they psyched? Are they looking forward to this game? Are they just playing now just to end the season? the season? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're playing out the strain. It's really interesting because I think everyone that's a fan, and I I know 
Doreen, you experienced this quite a bit based on our conversations that, you know, you, you're really invested, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it really does uh, disappoint you when they lose and it's been a rough few weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and players, you can't function that way. Like you can't continue to be disappointed on Monday and Tuesday. You have to be able to compartmentalize. So like being in that locker room during media availability, no one's, no one's down in the dumps. No one's depressed. Like it, and and I'm not saying that they don't care because they do, but they just have to function in a different way. And and it's like fans. It, sometimes it feels like fans care more than they do, and it's because of the way they have to function. So you know, there's there's guys joking around, goofing around, and there's guys that. I think they're all very motivated still. I don't get the sense that they've mailed it in for the season. But there's also a frustration, and I think, especially with Rodgers, that the same types of mistakes keep happening that are really uh, starting to get on his last nerve. Jason, we've heard from both Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy about the emotions that go into this game. But does this game have a special meaning for Matt LaFleur as welcoming back the coach he replaced, the guy who won the last Super Bowl? So is it special for him as well? Well, he wants to have a beer with Mike McCarthy at some point. And since Mike still has his house here in Green Bay, uh, and apparently LaFleur's house is right nearby, Hmm. um, they might be able to get that planned for the offseason. But I, I don't know. Like, here's the one juxtaposition that I've been kind of reminded of um, this week. It's that, you know, while handsome and fits and great eyebrows and everything else, Matt LaFleur is not nearly like the wear your heart on your sleeve emotional guy that Mike McCarthy is. Like, they're just wired completely differently. Like, Mike Holmgren was the high school teacher that you didn't want to disappoint, even if you were the guy covering the team. Now, I was young then, so maybe the older guys didn't view him that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, he told all these great stuff. Like, he's the, he, he was like a dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and kind of a, he was a fun sometimes, but stern. You don't want to get dad mad at you, coach. McCarthy, I mean, he's, he's Pittsburgh tough guy, but at the same time, he was so, like, just a big-hearted guy. And, and I think you're seeing the things that Cowboys players are saying that back that up. Like, they really, they, they really want to do this for him. And then, you know, Matt LaFleur is kind of the new generation, and it, it, he's very clinical and very, you know, uh, he's got great ideas. He's really smart. But there's not the same level of kind of emotional connection that I saw with McCarthy. And sometimes that was to his detriment, right? Like mm-hmm. him and Rogers would get emotional a lot and it wasn't always positive, as <laughs> Mike would say. <laughs> I would like you to uh, to talk a little bit about a video that I watched that you sent the link out for. Devondre Campbell, uh, the linebacker, is on a TV show. I don't know who's talking with him, but he speaks very glowingly of Jordan Love and I'd like you to talk a little bit about that moment. Yeah, it was it was him and, and Dallin Levitt who is one of their special teams leaders and you know and I, I tell people this all the time like I I get to watch the entirety of practice uh, during the off season and training camp and then once the season starts they kick us out like right after they get done stretching and doing some drill work so I have not seen Jordan Love throw a pass 
in a competitive situation since the training camp ended. So if he has improved by leaps and bounds, I have not seen that. Okay. Uh, and Devondre Campbell and Dallin Levitt were saying some really positive things about Jordan. And why I thought it was interesting was that I, I remember back in like 06, 07, that there were guys that, and, and I'm not saying Rodgers is doing this now, but I wondered about it because of what those guys said, that were just like kind of done with Favre. Like they wanted the young guy who related to them better and who they knew better and who they went out and drank beers with to kind of be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And Favre had his own locker room where he didn't dress with the guys and all this other, and there was this disconnect. And I, it, it just made me wonder if that was starting to happen with some of these guys in Jordan Love. I don't know that for certain, but I just thought it was a really interesting angle to take for those guys while they were doing this. It's on the, the Journal Sentinel and the Press Gazette have this weekly show on uh, from Gannett that Devondre Campbell and Amari Rogers host, and it's been going on in Appleton for years. So it was. I just thought it was really interesting, but I'd be curious to know partially some of the things that Aaron has said that make it sound like this isn't his fault, right? Mm-hmm. And that rub guys the wrong way, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I think we've all kind of read and seen that too, and you've even kind of indicated that not everyone is happy with Aaron Rodgers kind of throwing the receivers under the bus and yep. kind of blaming everybody else but himself. So I will say this, though. You know, in talking with him yesterday, and I asked him a, a, a couple of questions that were pretty pointed about would you be better off just running the offense as it's designed? I thought he gave a really uh, interesting response in terms of kind of explaining what they're trying to do and the mistakes that are happening. And then Kurt Warner, who is obviously a pro football Hall of Famer, put together a video that uh, Jen Latta sent me yesterday where he basically goes down through these intricacies of route running and how you can just watch in like four plays how all these details that Rodgers is talking about, all these things that the Greg Jenningses and the James Joneses and the Jordy Nelsons and the Randall Cobbs and the Devontae Adamses would always do precisely. Mm-hmm. They don't really have anybody that does those things precisely. And it is a game that requires precision more so than with any other quarterback with Aaron Rodgers. And it may be really that is the crux of their problem. It's not that they don't have enough talent. It's that they're not either well-coached enough or disciplined enough to do things the right way. Okay. I I feel guilty about even asking you if you think the Packers could pull this out because it's going to be pretty tough. I looked at the injury list. It seems like at least a third of their team's on the injury list. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, You don't get better losing your best pass rusher, one of your starting corners. Uh, who knows who's going to be playing on the offensive line. I was talking to Zach Tom the other day, and he basically stands on the sideline waiting for who's going to get hurt. Okay, i got to go in at left tackle. Nope, got to go in at left guard. Nope, i got to go in at right guard. Wow. I mean, that has to be a very difficult role to have on this Mm -hmm. team. So, uh, look, I I thought that they were going to lose some games that they shouldn't. I, I felt very strongly that that's what, it was going to be like during the first two thirds of the season, but that goes the other way too. And they should also win some games that you weren't expecting them to now. And I feel like this is one of those games. Like I feel like Rogers is, is going to have one of his good games 
that's obviously contingent on other people playing well around him. Mm-hmm. But I, I actually think they're going to win on Sunday. Wow. All right. Okay. I hope My. so. I hope so, too. I hope you are correct. We will watch the game, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you for the insight. It's always interesting. Thanks, Jason. All right, everybody. Take care. Be good. You, too. Jason Wildy. Say hi to Coach Holmgren for me, too. You bet I will. All right. Jason Wildy, our Green and Gold Insiders.